0: Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgettes. Welcome to my show, America. Can we talk? Today, we're going to talk about Senator Rand Paul fights Dr. Fauci, a three-month prison term for everyone in Los Angeles County, Washington State's collecting names and numbers, and Pelosi's debt bomb insanity. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned.
1: Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry.
0: And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiades. This time we have some kind of good news about Republicans standing up a little bit against the ongoing massive shutdown of this country. In particular, there was a hearing in the United States Senate in which Senator Rand Paul, a doctor himself and someone who tested positive for the coronavirus and quarantined for two weeks back in session. The Senate is back in session, and, but you had Dr. Fauci being questioned by the Senate. He, Fauci, is at home because he's quarantining with coronavirus or having been around someone who had the virus. I want to start, I sent Matt, the extremely wonderful producer, two clips, and they're both just essentially portions of what Dr. Fauci had to answer to in the United States Senate as Senator Rand Paul asked him questions about his entire handling of the coronavirus. So we'll start, please, Matt, with the very first um, clip.
1: The silver lining to so many infections in the meat processing industry is that a large portion of these workers now have immunity. Those workers should be reassured that they likely won't get it again instead of being alarmed by media reports that there is no evidence of immunity. You've stated publicly that you'd bet at all that survivors of coronavirus have some form of immunity. Can you help set the record straight that the scientific record, as it is being accumulated, is supportive that infection with coronavirus likely leads to some form of immunity? Dr. Fauci. Thank
2: you for the question, Senator Paul. Yes, you're correct. That i have said that given what we know about the recovery from viruses such as coronaviruses in general or even any infectious disease with very few exceptions that when you have antibody present it very likely indicates a degree of protection i think it's in the semantics of how this is expressed when you say has it been formally proven by long-term natural history studies which is the only way that you can prove One, is it protective, which I said and would repeat, is likely that it is, but also, what is the degree or titer of antibody that gives you that critical level of protection, and what is the durability? As I've often said, and again repeat, you can make a reasonable assumption that it would be protective, but natural history studies over a period of months to years will then tell you definitively if that's the case.
1: And I think that's important because in all likelihood, is a good way of putting it, the vast majority of these people have immunity. Instead of saying there is no evidence, you know, the WHO kind of fed into this by saying no evidence of immunity. And in reality, there's every evidence stacking up. And In fact, a lot of the different studies have shown that it is very unlikely that you get it again in the short term.
0: The reason I wanted to play that, we're gonna hit on this point first in this first five, which will be longer than five, I'm gonna tell you right now. But what we have watched in this country and what I really wanna talk about a lot today is how the media and the left are complicit in dragging out the shutdown of this country in response to coronavirus, putting out warning signals of all kinds, making people nervous, starting from a bizarre and irrational presumption that somehow, Somebody like Dr. Fauci can keep us all safe if we just do everything he says, and this was a great opportunity for Rand Paul, credibility as a doctor, asking Fauci, why can't you just say in plain, straight out, say it in English, that if you've had the virus, you have immunity. Not asking him to guarantee 100% of the time that every single person who has ever had contact with the virus has immunity the rest of their lives. Not asking for that kind of absurdity or, or just you know absoluteness, but Dr. Fauci regularly. Parses his words, minces his words, uses, nitpicks his words so that maybe, you know, someone, so he's protected from someone claiming, hey, I thought you told me I'd be safe. But the fact is, Fau- Dr. Fauci's words make Americans nervous. He won't come out and say flat out facts because he doesn't want to do it. And this is what Rand Paul wanted. And Bella is some of what Rand Paul actually added and was not in the segment you just played. Rand Paul actually ran through with Fauci. We already know in experiments with rhesus monkeys infected with COVID-19. They can't be reinfected, so we have that research. We already know, studies show plasma from recovered COVID-19 patients neutralizes the virus in lab experiments. Huge proof that there is immunity developed by having had the virus. The entire premise of convalescent plasma treatment, convalescent plasma treatment, giving using plasma from people who've recovered, giving it to others, is mentioned by several on the panel as a potential treatment currently in trials is that recovered patients develop immunity capable of killing the virus and recovering patients across the board are showing significant antibody response. So you had Rand Paul trying to get Fauci to say, can you just acknowledge in plain English, Contrary to the media that is forever in a day trying to stir up doubts and fears and keep the American people rooted in fears about walking out of their house in the morning, come on," says Rand Paul. "Dr. Fauci, can you please at least step up and do that?" And he and Fauci kind of mealy-mouthed his way through and finally got around to saying, "Well, yeah, man, I kind of like that's kind of true." And what is really happening? You have all sorts of false premises out there to start with one being this idea as i said at the outset somehow that if you just listen to fauci and do everything he says that somehow we'll all be safe and no one will ever ever get coronavirus again and no one will ever be infected and no one will ever have a problem and it's become an absurdity we have we have planted fear in the hearts of minds and minds of americans and in my view fauci likes that it helps him it helps him keep control of the situation helps him keep control of the people if the people are afraid and actually so rand paul went on to say he t- he pointed out the media has been planting seeds of doubt in the minds of the american people about whether even if you had the virus are you really protected he's saying this is helping this is hurting the meat packers who are through this sending them back to work and you're making them afraid they're going to get it again why don't you stand up and speak truth so and actually, the other thing he pointed out, which is really good, uh, Rand Paul pointed out, was that in other viruses like SARS and MERS, coronaviruses with similar clinical presentations, actually, when you're recovered, confers immunity for two to three years. So that was a great piece. Another piece that Rand Paul went after in this questioning of Fauci in the Senate, uh, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, uh, talked about the idea of why in the world Why in the world, Dr. Fauci, are we talking about kids not going back to school in the fall? What are you talking about? And so I want to play the Ask Matt the Wonderful to play the next clip. It's really Rand Paul wrapping up and not actually asking a question, but making these points that just never get made in the media. So Matt the Wonderful, we have that next clip.
1: With regard to going back to school... One thing that was left out of that discussion is um, mortality. I mean, shouldn't we at least be discussing what the mortality of children is? Um, This is for Dr. Fauci as well. You know, The mortality between zero and 18 in the New York data approaches zero. It's not going to be absolutely zero, but it almost approaches zero. Between 18 and 45, the mortality in New York was uh, 10 out of 100,000. So really, we do need to be thinking about that. We need to uh, observe with an open mind what went on in Sweden, where the kids kept going to school. The mortality per capita in Sweden is actually less than France, less than Italy, less than Spain, less than Belgium. than the Netherlands, about the same as Switzerland, but basically I don't think there's anybody arguing that what happened in Sweden is an unacceptable result. I think people are intrigued by it, and we should be. I don't think any of us are certain when we do all these modelings, there have been more people wrong with modeling than right. We're opening up a lot of economies around the the US, and I hope that people who are predicting doom and gloom and saying, oh, we can't do this, there's going to be a surge, will admit that they were wrong if there isn't a surge, because I think that's what's going to happen. rural states, we never really reached any sort of pandemic levels in Kentucky and other states. We have less deaths in Kentucky than we have in, a, in, an, in an average flu season. It's not to say this isn't deadly, but really outside of New England, we've had a relatively benign course for this virus nationwide. And I think the one-size-fits-all that we're going to have a national strategy and nobody's going to go to school is kind of ridiculous. We really ought to be doing it school district by school district, and the power needs to be dispersed because people make... Wrong predictions, and really the history of this, when we look back, will be of wrong prediction after wrong prediction after wrong prediction, starting with uh, Ferguson in England. So I think we ought to have a, a little bit of humility in, in our uh, belief that we know what's best for the economy. And as much as I respect you, Dr. Fauci, I don't think you're the end all. I don't think you're the one person that gets to make a decision. We can listen to your advice, but there are people on the other side saying there's not going to be a surge and that we can safely open the economy, and the facts will bear this out. But if we keep kids out of school for another year, what's going to happen is the poor and underprivileged kids who don't have a parent that's able to teach them at home are not going to learn for a full year. And I think we ought to look at the Swedish model and we ought to look at letting our kids get back to school. I think it's a huge mistake if we don't open the schools in the fall.
0: Thank God for Senator Rand Paul. This is a guy finally saying what experts around the country have been saying. Expert microbiologists, expert immunologists pointing out from the start. Why is everyone bowing at the knees of Dr. Fauci? Why is everyone basing every decision in this country, all over the country, on one man? And I'm gonna wrap up the first five by saying, I hope that what we saw out of Rand Paul is there's more of that coming from more Republican voices. It needs to come from the White House. It needs to come from the White House saying, he's one guy, Fauci's one guy, He's not the only one. He's not the be all and end all. He's not the one expert in the planet. And that other very respected doctors in this country should have their voices heard, too. Policies need to stop being driven by one guy's extremely wrong analysis from the start. And I will close this first five by saying there was a one quote that Rand Paul had, which you heard a portion of it. He said, the history of this, when we look back, will be a wrong prediction after wrong prediction after wrong prediction. Exactly right. We need to reopen America and stop listening to Dr. Fauci as the one and only person who makes policy in this country related to coronavirus. And that, my friends, is today's first 5. So I really actually enjoyed seeing Rand Paul um, do that, be so tough. he really is raising the concerns many many americans have which is what in the world are we doing to our country well one thing we're doing you know we have we've given examples around this country we had governors of various states with absurd rules Uh, michigan is a good example maine was a good example uh, where they say you can go to a store but you can't go in this aisle you can do this but you can't do that well in los angeles a huge obviously huge Los Angeles County announced their Board of Supervisors, which is you know their highest level government in the county of Los Angeles, announced that Los Angeles is staying shut down until July. Three more months. Three more months. Staying shut down. Staying shelter in place because of the coronavirus. I'm gonna just give you some numbers very quickly. Just tiny, tiny little bit of numbers. But in Los Angeles County, they have deaths in Los Angeles County from the coronavirus as of May 12th, 1,631. It happens to be half of the deaths of the whole state, but still 1,600 deaths in Los Angeles County, which is approximately 0.000075 of the California population. They do not have a raging epidemic. There is no raging pandemic in California or anywhere else in this country. We had a big problem. And if you watched the show a couple of days ago, or Monday, I think it was, I had a map up to show you. We had, the, of the entire country, one-third of the deaths are in this tiny little area of New York City, New Jersey, right around New York City. That was one-third of all the deaths in this country, just there, Another one third in this tiny little region just outside that region, just outside New York. So you have surrounding states, and then the entire rest of the American country, including. California, including all the way to California, including Alaska, including Hawaii, was the whole rest of one third. The point is, we don't have pandemic numbers. You just heard Rand Paul say you don't even have the number of deaths in Kentucky predicted, uh, that nothing close. In fact, the actual deaths from COVID are less than from flu. And yet they're shutting down Los Angeles County. And I want to have you think about this for a minute. I know California is full of Democrats. I know California, you know, they're. Basically, Democrat voters are pretty docile. They just wait to be told what to do. If the government says we gotta stay home, I guess we're gonna stay home. Gotta stay in the house for months and months. I guess we gotta do that. But actually, not all Californians are as docile as the sheeple who will just bow to whatever the government is saying. I think California is going to face an uprising. It is absurd to shut down the state, the county of California, the County of Los Angeles simply, simply breathtaking and i'll just remind you about some things of los angeles a it gets hot in the summer b it is a tourist center it is people love to go to la to the beaches you got santa monica beach one of the most beautiful beaches in the world you have all sorts of draws for hollywood for movie stars for shopping for, i mean los angeles county is enormous enormous Lots and lots of people live there and plan on need of making their money there, but plan to support their families by working there and everything is shut down. So Los Angeles County, I have to, have to say, even though I know California is kind of the whole, you know, they're very leftist and many of them are just compliant and, and just salute whatever the government says, I think they're going to have a problem. It's just pointed to the past, Is past the point of absurdity. Los Angeles County, massive, massive place, and they say they're using data, and they say they're using stay-at-home orders, will only be amended, says the, um, the uh, this is a quote from their board of supervisors, will only be, a, um, in fact, a woman named Ferrer, who is the county's top public health official, said at a board of supervisors meeting that we can only lift this if there's a dramatic change to the virus and the tools at hand. And I want to go back to something about the Fauci hearing. I mentioned the first five. So Fauci, you know, gives his testimony to the Senate. Great questioning by Rand Paul. But if you look at most of the headlines in this country, most of the news outlets, the big story they pulled out of everything Fauci said. When Fauci finally got cornered by Senator Rand Paul and had to say, yeah, actually, you know, if if you've had it, you're immune. I mean, he he can't just he, he was forced to say that he's forced to acknowledge there's no rational basis to keep the schools closed down the entire next year. But the headlines you read about him, what Fauci said. Fauci warns. In fact, I was going to warns that, you know, we're going, we may have a serious problem in this country. Fauci warns, you know, that we're going to have devastation if states reopened when they haven't met their checkpoints. And by checkpoints, he doesn't mean like crossing a border. He means like we have said until your state has, you know, two solid weeks or four weeks of this and three weeks of that and declining numbers. All this mumbo-jumbo models that became part of the second guidelines issued by the White House that had predicted, had all sorts of models saying you can't shut down unless you can show this. You have two weeks of reducing numbers, two weeks of fewer deaths, all sorts of calculations designed, of course, to make most jurisdictions say, well, we don't exactly meet that, so we're going to stay shut down. You would think, that the headlines after Fauci testified would include the fact that he really got schooled by Senator Rand Paul, and that he, Fauci, is still continuing to try to, but what you do see in the headlines instead is what Fauci's warning, don't dare, could be really bad, could be a bad outcome, could have an uptick, don't, op- don't reopen, don't do this. Fauci is perpetuating the shutdown. He can protect himself by claiming he's just trying to be careful. He's just trying to look out for the healthy American people. And you know, all we have is models. Now we had the first models and they were complete garbage and took him a long time to admit that he finally did, took him a long time to say the first models were total garbage. So then he came up with more models, more garbage, and all of us The entire country tend to salute to what Fauci is doing, ignoring the many doctors in this country who've been outspoken, who've been trying to say, we did exactly the wrong thing from the start. We never should have shut down the country. One of the most prominent ones, Dr. David Katz of Yale, saying numerous times, you never, you don't even use the right word, quarantine. You don't force healthy people to stay home. Wrong reaction to a virus. As Dr. David Katz has said, he's been all over the media saying, he's been writing columns saying, what you do in response to a virus is you quarantine the sick, you protect the vulnerable, and you let the healthy people live and get out there in the world and live their lives and behave normally. Katz is totally dismissive of social distancing, totally dismissive of masks, saying the way you acquire immunity is by having people get exposed to the virus. It's how we develop as a culture herd immunity. It's not just Dr. Katz, Dr. Scott Atlas at Stanford, doctor, I can never say his name right, Ioannidis at Stanford. You had two Kern County doctors who conducted the most tests in all of California. Doctors Erickson and Masahi saying the same thing. You have all these doctors trying to say, we're experts too. We actually have studied microbiology and immunology, and what we're doing is wrong. This is crazy, but somehow we have set up Dr. Fauci as the ruling emperor of medical science in this country, and everybody salutes, and this is part of what Rand Paul was saying I'm so glad he said it, this must end. Because when Fauci continues putting out bad models and scary things, it drives people like the Board of Supervisors in Los Angeles County to say, well, we better not open up. You know, we haven't quite met this. We have a few more cases here. We don't have a pandemic in this country, people. We don't have that. We don't have a pandemic. We have a serious virus. We know much more about it now than we did before. We we have found doctors all over the country finding very efficacious solutions to treating patients which include hydroxychloroquine, sometimes combined with other drugs, all sorts of doctors saying this is working great, but yet we're staying in the panic mode. We started in the middle of March when we had the completely bogus models from Dr. Neil Ferguson in England. It's like we're not making progress to comport with reality. So, well, I will tell you though, in in the way we're responding to this virus, I think among those people pushing to keep us shut down. Among the people, experts and everyday Joes, pushing to keep us shut down, there are two categories. There are the people who are actually just scared to death. The average citizen, scared to death. Same people scared of all sorts of health scares. They're scared to death. They want to stay home. And you have elected officials at all levels who are also frightened to death because of the numbers they see and the scary headlines because they don't do their research and they see these scary numbers and the scary descriptions and they're frightened so you have the frightened who are standing up for keep perpetuating the shutdown but more important and more politically important and important for you to understand is that the left is using this shutdown to destroy president trump's economy and President Trump's ability to get re-elected. You have to know every day of shutdown that continues, every effort that is made to keep businesses shut down, to keep people forced in their homes, to make them more and more dependent on government because they can't pay their bills now, so they have to wait for the next handout from Washington. The people, forget the people, or remember the people who are uh, you know, on board with the shutdown because they're frightened. The far more just... Insidious, evil wrongdoers who are supporting the shutdown are doing it for a political mission. They see the likelihood, they see it's destroyed the Trump economy. The economy we had after three plus years of Trump presidency with fabulous unemployment numbers, best unemployment numbers in decades for every category of American, every background of American. We had, we had Factories booming. We had businesses coming back. We had a fabulous economy in Wall Street. All of that destroyed. And the left is enjoying that destruction. The left did not create the virus. The virus is a problem. We're going to figure it out from China. But the policy we're embracing as a country, the leftists in this country are celebrating the destruction of Trump's economy. They are celebrating the destruction of the proof all of us had in watching the Trump economy. Because when I say Trump economy, what we really have was an economy which is the natural result of following the ideas of free market, capitalism, entrepreneurship, and freedom. The great Trump economy came from the ideas of America, the ideas of freedom, the freedom of the individual to work, to thrive, to to get reward, just reward for his labors, that kind of freedom. That is what we saw on on display in America, that kind of robust prosperity. And it came from Trump's policies, which were simply pro-American, pro-free market, pro-freedom policies. And the left I don't know these people in Los Angeles County, but I will say, I feel as though at one example, Governor Newsom, the governor of California, he's in that leftist world that'd be very happy to completely destroy the Trump economy and to therefore, in his hopeful worldview, destroy the possibility that Trump will win re-election this fall in November. This is why the left is perpetuating this policy, this shutdown, this extremity, this ridiculous, unjustified by the numbers, shutdown. Rand Paul's figuring it out. More Americans are figuring it out. We all need to figure it out and not reward the left for what they're doing to our country. <sighs> Next, I want to turn and talk to you about Washington State. Just talk about another little insidious thing that is happening in response to the coronavirus. It's happening because of the response we chose to the coronavirus. In the state, we we talked yesterday in the show, we had Kelly Shackelford join us, talking about how, and by the way, when he's giving examples, Kelly Shackelford's examples yesterday of government officials cracking down on freedom of religion, cracking down on churches and their right to hold services, it's almost always Democrat left-wing governors who have no interest, no tolerance for people of faith. Those are mostly the the governors making trouble for churches, using the coronavirus to shut down services. In the same way, in the state of Washington, as one example, the leftists in this country very much enjoying their ability to, to just eviscerate the Trump economy are also using this virus, at, at their response to the virus, as a means of changing the expectations Americans have about privacy, changing the expectations of what we accept as legitimate for the government to do to protect us, but to protect our safety. So in the state of Washington, Washington Governor Jay Inslee... Put out a policy that says essentially if you go to a restaurant now they, they're letting restaurants open up if you go to a restaurant the restaurant has to collect your name your phone number and your email address because don't you know if you are at a restaurant now they know everyone who's everywhere where you are at all times so if you have someone come down with coronavirus and it turns out that person was in the same restaurant where you were two weeks ago, the government, lo and behold, they have a way to contact you. They can call you up, they can email you, hey, 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 we think you were exposed to the virus. You've got to come in and be tested. You should probably quarantine for two weeks. And what used to be the most absurd intrusion into privacy is being accepted by too many people as a new norm. The idea well it's the era of coronavirus so yeah i guess the government needs to know where i am every day every minute 24 7. the government has to be told i was at this restaurant over here they've got to know where i was in case i was exposed the idea of the government tracking and tracing citizens and frankly they're talking about in texas too where i live which i'm not happy about i'm very much trying to oppose in a variety of ways but the idea of tracking and tracing your every move it's not just that is it's unjustified by the actual non-pandemic numbers of people suffering with coronavirus, it is that we're shifting our culture's expectation of privacy. We're starting to agree, well, you know, because of the virus and the government's job to keep me safe and they're just trying to help me, they need to know where I am. So we talked about a few weeks ago, the government is using cell phones and Google is cooperating, helping them put things in your cell phones. So they know where you were. So you might not have registered when you went into the restaurant, but that's okay because they know where you were anyway. So they can notify you. Hey, you know what? You were near someone who had the virus and I, because we know where you were with your cell phone and where he was with his cell phone. So you could be in trouble here. People, these are fundamental intrusions, invasions into our right of privacy. That is part, it's a core part of living in freedom. We do not accept in this country the idea of government monitoring our movements, even to keep us safe. The idea that because the government is taking on the responsibility of keeping you safe, that you must surrender your liberty to them, you must surrender your privacy to them is wrong. We need to be fighting it at this level because once you accept this, you say, "Well, okay, you know, we're gonna. I know now. If I'm in Washington State, and probably other states will follow suit. If I eat in a restaurant, I'm gonna have to let them know who I am, cell number, email, so then they can track me." And we think, "Well, it's okay because it's all for the sense of safety, and it really it's just to keep me safe." People, we won't have any privacy or any more. We won't have privacy. We won't have freedom of movement. We will have a government monitoring us, and we're too busy deluding ourselves that they can keep us safe, that we're surrendering to it. Now, I'm going to guess if you listen to my show or if you listen to my speeches or go on our website, you understand that this is a really bad thing. But I'm really trying to have, no, I've made the point several times recently. I want to make it again. We cannot agree that we surrender privacy and we surrender liberty in exchange for the government's promise to keep us safe. First of all, they can't keep us safe. No government can keep any person safe. It is an impossibility. And they don't have the right to take away our liberty in order to protect our safety. So that little case in Washington I'm mentioning, and there's pushback, and the governor gave a news conference, and he's blathering on and on about, you know, it's just because I love you guys, and I wanna keep you safe. He didn't really say that as my language, but it was a just ridiculous defense of the idea. There have to be lawsuits, there have to be challenges, there have to be civil disobedience to say, we are not going to comply with this keeping tabs on us just because you've gotten us so frightened. And the more data you learn, the more you read, the, more, the less frightened you will be. I'll tell you, I was talking to a um, friend in New York a couple days ago. And she's, yeah, she's kind of Republican-ish, but you know, not not a really strong actor. She's, she's not a policy wonk, she's not a political type. She, and so I was mentioning a lot of this data about coronavirus, COVID-19, I was mentioning about all these doctors I've been talking about in the show, Jeffrey Katz, Scott Atlas at Stanford, Ioannidis I at Stanford, other doctors around the country have been speaking up and saying we're doing all this wrong. We don't need to be doing this shutdown. We should be getting out and getting, and in fact, we're hurting ourselves, sheltering, forcing the the healthy to shelter in place, or as I've been calling it, house arrest for the healthy, because when you stay in all the time and you're not exposed naturally to the normal life on planet earth, which is you get exposed to various viruses and your body builds up immunity, we are actually weakening our immune system. So I'm telling this friend of mine this whole thing because she's really frightened, she's staying all the time, she's you know very willing to go along with whatever the government says. And I was telling her all the things I'm telling you. It was the funniest thing was I'm telling her all this, and I talked to her again a couple days later. And it was the funniest thing because she said, You know, I actually looked up what you were saying. I actually read, I looked up online and read about what you're saying, and about shelter in place is a really bad idea, and about how we never needed to do horizontal interdiction, to use the words of Dr. David Katz, that we should have only done vertical interdiction, we should have only, you know, protected quarantine the sick, protect the susceptible, let everyone else be free. And she was honestly kind of flabbergasted that actually what I'm saying is right. And so if you're listening to this and you're thinking, i don't know this sounds a little bit dangerous i'd rather wait every day to be told whether it's okay to go outside and whether i can go to a restaurant and how many customers are allowed to be in the restaurant and whether i have to i can go here or i'm not allowed to go there if you're feeling that way and you're waiting to be told by the government when it's okay to leave your house beside the fact that you're surrendering your liberty you're not really functioning based on facts I urge you, read the links on our website. Go to americacanmetalk.org. I link all sorts of stories. I link everything I talk about. You can read these yourself. There's no reason for America to be doing to us what it is doing. We are not required to surrender our liberty to be kept safe. And we do not need to listen to Dr. Fauci as the be-all and end-all doctor, which he always says, no, no, not really that. But it's exactly how he acts and, frankly, how our country has treated him up until now. uh, One more quick thing in this show, maybe two more, um, but I want to talk about the um, Nancy Pelosi came up with a new spending bill related to coronavirus. And we've already talked about in this show the other spending bills. In fact, we had uh, Congressman Jody Heiss on talking about that, about the absurdity of the spending bills and how much we're spending. But Nancy Pelosi and her Dem colleagues have come up with a new 3 trillion, trillion with a T, trillion dollar spending package they're proposing to fight the coronavirus. Now, I think there's a vote in the House. Now you realize, of course, the Senate is in meeting in place. They're in Washington meeting. The House is still dispersed. House members around the country dispersed because Pelosi's claiming is not safe for them to meet in the House, to hold regular session in the U.S. House, which is absurd. Nancy Pelosi is saying that because she is one of the people, she's not one of the people actually afraid of the virus. She's not one of the actually fearful supporting the shutdown. She's one of the left wingers trying to instill fear in this country and the destruction of the American economy in this country. That's Nancy Pelosi. That's why she won't bring the house back because she is succeeding and conveying to people life is scary. It's barely, it's dangerous to even go out there. Don't worry. You know, everyone stay home. She is too dangerous to have the house meet in session, which is absurd. But so new $3 trillion uh, spending package out of the house to be voted on Friday in the U S house. Uh, they vote remotely, but I want to just share, first of all, they make these idiotic names. This one's called the heroes act, heroes act. I mean, who even cares what it stands for? Anyone want to know? But It's a fourth coronavirus stimulus package, $3 trillion. And among the many things that are in there, which are unrelated to helping America get through the coronavirus crisis, by the way, the best way to get through the crisis is to let people go back to work let people go back to work. That's how you get through the crisis. That's how you start to turn the economy around. Stop listening to Fauci and even his round two of guidelines with phase one followed by phase one with the following three points. And then within these three points, another phase, let people who are wise and on the ground in each state, make policies, ignoring what Fauci is trying to do, listen to a wide array of experts and make policy make sense in your state, which in most places is let free people work. Let free people live freely. But in the $3 trillion package, litany of leftist pet projects like student loan bailouts. Yeah, so we're gonna, because we have the coronavirus, the federal government bail out all the students who have loan debt another one huge and president trump's already said no to this but the blue state bailout you know we were talking about los angeles county shutting down los angeles county obviously drastically reduced tax revenue nobody's buying anything no one's shopping no one's buying hotel rooms no one's doing anything so tax revenue is down And so, these blue counties, blue states, are thinking the federal government's going to bail them out. President Trump has said, not happening, Nancy Pelosi put it in this $3 trillion bill. So she wants relief for the blue states. She also, who are, by the way, as I mentioned on some other recent show, they were already heavily in debt before this non-pandemic because they spend too much money and they don't ever take fiscal responsibility for the bills they pass. Also has a 25 billion, B as in boy, billion bailout for the Postal Service. And if you can get this, for the members of the US House, her bailout package is everyone gets a new laptop. Laptops made available for House members paid for by your tax dollars because they're forced to work remotely because Nancy Pelosi won't let them come back to Washington. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Um, aid more relief, more monthly installments of $1,200 relief checks for various people. Again, trying to repeal the SALT thing, tax break for wealthy Americans. Ignores the best idea that's been floated by Steve Moore and others the payroll tax cut. I mean, It is such an unserious proposal. This is Nancy Pelosi. It's so unserious. She has to know the Senate's not going to pass it and President Trump is not going to sign it. So you might ask yourself, why would she put forward such an absurdly ridiculous $3 trillion bill? Why would she do it when she knows it can't go anywhere? And I'll tell you the answer. The answer is because Nancy Pelosi is signaling to the ignorant voters around this country, we have a really big crisis, it's a massive pandemic, despite the fact there's 98% recovery rate and below 1% lethality rate, beside all that, we have a really big healthcare scare in this country, so you people have to stay home, just like we House members are staying home. and. Don't you worry while you're staying home with no paycheck and can't pay your rent and can't pay your mortgage and can't buy your food. Don't you worry, we, the moneybags Democrat Party, we're just going to send you free money. We're just going to send you more money. Don't worry. Stop listening to President Trump, who's talking about going back to work and talking about reopening America. This is what Nancy Pelosi is saying to the American voters with this $3 trillion package. She's saying, Don't listen to Trump. He's talking about reopening. We don't have to reopen. We're not going to do that. We're going to take it very, very slowly. And don't worry. You can just tread water not working and wait for another check from Washington. We, the Democrats, will make sure you get it. This is Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. Simply helping, she thinks helping, the Democrat victory in the fall. She's going to be able to be pointing out, look, we Democrats, we tried to help you. We are, we have the House. We tried helping. We tried sending money. We tried sending, spending $3 trillion. But, you know, the mean Dem- Republicans wouldn't let us. Uh, the Senate blocked us and the president blocked us. I mean, Mitch McConnell, who is a sometimes reliable Republican Senate majority leader, at least said... What you've seen in the House from Nancy Pelosi is not something designed to deal with reality, but designed to deal with aspirations. This is not a time for aspirational legislation. This is a time for practical response to the coronavirus pandemic. But people, I consider it, I mean, the the states, the blue states staying locked down, blue states staying locked down far more than red states Big blue counties, California being the big one, Michigan, Maine, but California being the big one, New York being the big, another big one. These blue states are staying shut down, causing financial harm to themselves, to the state and their ability to collect taxes, to the county governments, the city governments, everything shut down, no tax revenue coming in, and they are already telling Washington, you need to bail us out. You got to be sending us money. So I mean, the, the whole bill is so impossibly absurd, just so impossibly absurd. And yet you have Nancy Pelosi really talking about the idea. This seems like a reasonable idea. Three freaking trillion dollars. I don't think so. Okay. I want to say, as a kind of before I wrap up for the day, a, a very very quick thing I thought was kind of fun, kind of good news. Um, which was, there was a special election in um, California. And this is a 7th congressional district. And uh, this is one where, and I'm sorry, excuse me, in Wisconsin first. In Wisconsin, 7th congressional district. You know, this is Wisconsin, very swing state. A lot of Democrats thinking they're going to take Wisconsin um, this year in the presidential elections. There was a special election, 7th congressional district. Republican Tom Tiffany beat out... Um, the Democrat Zunker and why I mention that is this was a closely watched district. This is a closely watched race in which people thought maybe given that what the left has tried to do, the unhappiness they tried to generate against president Trump really might show up in this special congressional election. You might actually have the, uh, anger at Trump show up in these polls and have a Democrat take back a seat from the Republicans, but it didn't happen. The final numbers are very good. Um, 109,000 for the victor, a guy named Tom Tiffany, again, seventh congressional district of Wisconsin, and Zunker um, only getting 81,000. Tiffany, the victor, getting 109,000 votes. So uh, very good news that the at least this little bit of a bellwether uh, race, Democrats thought they somehow were going to maybe have an indicator that their their endless campaign to destroy Trump was working. But actually, it did not pan out. The Republican easily won. And there you go. Well, folks, I could talk about politics um, longer than the small amount of time I have to do my show every day. Um, I want to thank you always for listening to America Can We Talk? I love doing this show. Every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m., I love talking with you about the news of the day, always from the perspective of preserving America, the most extraordinary, unique experiment in human liberty ever to bless this earth. I do the show to defend and speak up for the extraordinary ideas that created America, to inspire you to speak up and defend the extraordinary ideas that created America. If you like my show, go to my website, org, on the home page, click on subscribe. You get a once weekly newsletter from me, it comes out on Friday, I link to articles I've written, link to, um, you know, the various shows we've done, the interviews, the commentary we do on this show. It's all easily organized. It's a great way to catch up on this show. If you miss it during the week, you can just run through the email on Saturday. If you work during the week and can't watch it live, you can see the show that way. It's also a great way to share the show. You can forward the email I send to you to anyone who think you think might like it. So again, on the homepage, americancanmetalk.org, hit subscribe and I'll get you one weekly newsletter to you. The other thing on my homepage, America Can We Talk is a donate button. I will tell you, this show has survived five plus years completely on donations from supporters, donations from listeners, and it is expensive to do this show. So if you like this show, if you like hearing what I share with you every day, every week about the greatness of America, about the top stories of the day, please consider donating to support this show. I am being suppressed by the people who do suppress conservatives. You know, we have the tech giants. I had one of my shows last week taken down off of YouTube for violating community standards because I basically said, why don't other doctors ever get to have their voice out there? That was basically, they took that show down. So I am being squelched by the tech giants. Who try to control the conservative message? I would love your support. I could use your support. So on the homepage, americacumitalk.org, there's a donate button. Hit that, and you can, it takes you right to the page. You can make a one time donation or a recurring donation via credit card. Love to have you do that. Would so appreciate your support for this show, America Can We Talk. And now I'll tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So first today, we talked about the story of Senator Rand Paul fights Fauci. Thank goodness. Senator Rand Paul is a doctor, he's had coronavirus, has recovered, and he is now treated, he's treated some COVID patients. Senator Paul's back and forth with Dr. Fauci is a must-listen, eviscerates Fauci's approach. But every mainstream media headline about Fauci's testimony is about his warnings over premature reopening, keeping fear alive. But Americans are waking up. The continuing lockdowns are not about science or safety or public health. They're about leftism running wild with the opportunity to crush American freedom and a successful Trump economy and the Trump re-election. That's what the left is trying to do. The American people are going to have to rise up to stop it. And the three-month prison term for everyone in Los Angeles County. deaths in Los Angeles County as of May 12th, 1,631 over half of all California COVID deaths. That's approximately 0.000075 of the California population, or 1,000th of 1%. And the state is shut down still. Los Angeles County now shut down till the end of July. And the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors extended the lockdown three more months because of not enough testing. This is not remotely sensible, not justified by facts. It's agenda driven to leverage COVID-19 economic catastrophe into the federal government bailout of California's mismanaged finances. We must say no to that. The people of Los Angeles must rise up and insist on reversing this. The president and the Senate must stay firm. No blue state bailouts. And in Washington state, collecting names and numbers, left to state governments proceeding with new tracking program in case of infection, You know, they're explaining, well, in case of infection, the need to track who might be exposed. So to eat at a restaurant, customers must provide name, email address, and phone number. Americans must be alert. This is how a pandemic is leveraged into a police state. Businesses become extensions of the state, legalized monitors and snitches, and all over disease with lethality of a bad flu. This should not be a partisan issue. Destruction of freedom harms everyone. And on Pelosi's debt bomb insanity, $3 trillion more in pandemic spending is delusional. Everyone knows this is pure money printing. Pelosi's grandstanding, hoping to ride any GOP resistance to the victory in 2020. This is evidence the pandemic is long past anything relating to a public health crisis. It's a political tool to hammer Trump with. President Trump and the Senate must firmly reject this. America must reopen everywhere and as soon as possible. And American freedom must be preserved. The stakes could not be higher for America. And that, my friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so much for tuning in Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Central Time. Email me, if you'd like, at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. I love hearing from listeners. Thank you for listening Do all the social media things you know how to do. Share this show, like, subscribe, help our show grow, please. And most of all, thank you for listening to this show, America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time.
1: America Can We Talk, truth about America.